This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Leash. Mm-hmm. It is time. It's time. It's a gonna, good one. We're going to turn this one a little bit more serious. You know, we're, we're laughing and goofing, but I think this is a very serious topic that I want to get into. Yeah. So we are going to turn over to Carolyn Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, who have Trapped in Treatment. And this is a podcast that covers a very serious topic, and that is an in-depth look into the troubled teen industry. And you may have actually heard about this podcast because Paris Hilton is one of the executive producers on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ladies, welcome to pod sauce thank you we're so happy to be here yeah thank you for having us so uh, did we give an accurate description yeah did i do okay there yeah (laughs) that was good it is it is a complex topic and so we will be more than happy to uh, enlighten everyone on on all of the nuances of this issue but you guys did great great start (laughs) well i think you know you guys talk about this a lot during your podcast but how paris hilton kind of put this on the the center stage of America when she did her uh, documentary This is Paris and talked all about Provo Canyon School and the the very tough time that she went through there and how this is not just isolated to one school there's many schools out there mm-hmm. where kids are being abused and treated very poorly and they're disguising it as oh we're trying to help Behavioral a troubled treatment. teen right um, so how did you guys decide you wanted to do a podcast really diving into this even more Well, so this industry has been around since the 60s and 70s. So we've seen advocates and senators try and make change within this industry, but it really wasn't until Paris came out and she kind of gave survivors a platform to say, this happened to me too. Um, You know, my family, please look into this. Please watch this with me. We can talk about my own experience. I think people had felt a lot of shame previously. Um, And so we had actually, with Paris, gone to Utah and we hosted a rally for survivors of Provo Canyon School. And while we were there, we just realized how pervasive this issue was, not only with Provo Canyon School survivors, but like you just said, Dex, um, with the whole industry in general. And so we felt like the podcast world would just be an incredible platform where other survivors could share their stories. Paris really wanted to give them that opportunity. Um, And then also just for the general public to get an in-depth view of what this industry is and what it looks like to be a survivor. Um, Carolyn, Rebecca, you know, as Dak said, this is obviously a really uh, challenging topic uh, to discuss. So please, well, give us grace if we don't phrase certain questions the correct way. Um, What was what what were the we'll start. I want to start with what were the ground rules given to parents who wanted to uh, send their children off to uh, a school like Provo Canyon? Like, sure. So you have to understand that this industry makes millions 
billions of dollars off of these parents. And so um, because there's not really been any kind of regulation or oversight of the industry, it is uh, there's they have very strong marketing campaigns. So starting off when they talk to parents, it's a lot of, um, oh, this is the place for your child. Uh, you, you have to enroll them immediately or they are going to die or end up in jail. And so the parents are already on edge feeling um, and, and, and having those own thoughts of their own. So when they're hearing this from a, you know, and I'm putting this in quotes, a professional, they are so apt to put all of their trust into uh, these kinds of uh, facilities. And so, you know, what the ground rules are is um, they will tell you right off the bat, um, your child is going to say that they're being abused. They're going to say that they hate it here. And that is them trying to manipulate you. Do not believe them. And so parents are already going in anticipating like, okay, they're going to, they're going to lie and, and say that these things are happening and I have to hold strong because it's in the best interest of the child. And at the same time, that child is being told also by the facility, you know, your, your parents aren't going to believe you. They know that you're manipulating. They know that you're lying. This is the same thing that you did at home. And, and so it immediately drives this wedge in between parents and, and their children. Um, and, you know, what's even worse now is this industry has entered this like public space where they're receiving a lot of young people from child welfare and from juvenile justice who may not have that support system who's constantly checking in or calling or looking for um, things that may be happening there so they ultimately end up getting kind of stuck in these facilities and shipped from you know place to place over years and Carolyn, you know, this is not just a topic for you. This was your life. You lived through going to one of these schools and suffered the abuse of it. What were the conversations? How long did it take for you to talk to your parents? What were those conversations like for you to finally say, hey, this is what my childhood was like. And how did your parents respond to that? Yeah, so I went to a behavior modification boarding school when I was 14 years old and I was there for uh, just under two and a half years. I was there for 29 months. And so when I got out, um, you know, because that entire time, and I'm sure people even who experience uh, incarceration can um, relate to this, but you think about like, oh, I can't wait to just like wake up in the morning and go get a donut. I can't wait to just walk out on my front porch and just smell the fresh air, like all of these things that we take for granted. And so a lot of the time that I spent there was really, you know, fantasizing about just having a normal life and normal uh, teenage experience. So when I got home, I really didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to move on. I wanted to start my life that I had been fantasizing about for two and a half years. And so it, it took me actually about 15 years to be able to talk about it and like a lot of people who experience trauma i don't think at that time i really understood what was happening was abuse because i was being told that i deserved it and i was being told that i earned my place there and so i I didn't really have that context or perception to be able to know Um, but it's an ongoing conversation now Uh, Even with all the work that I do, you know, in the public space to create policy change, my family still has a really difficult time being able to own their involvement, Mm. which is hard, right? Mm Because, like, we love our kids. And and at that time, my mom thought she was helping me. 
but now it, she knows, and it's so hard to grapple with. I'm really glad you segued into that, Caroline, Caroline because honestly, that was, um, you know, one of my concerns. Where, where does the onus begin and end with the parents? And I, I say that as someone who grew up in the Bible Belt where spoil the rod, spare the child was just <laughs> a mantra they lived by. And, you know, now, obviously, as an adult, I recognize that some of the ways that my parents disciplined me, obviously, we can equate to abuse. Uh, although they thought they were doing the best that they can. And uh, just to give you a little context, <clears throat> I was abused as a child sexually. And so you act out in certain ways, right? And if you're not saying anything to the adults, they just think that you're just out here living wild and reckless. I say all that to say, uh, after going through what you went through, obviously, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but there must have been uh, just a level of not being able to communicate with your parents uh, effectively what you needed and for them to be able to hear you and that's why they sent you off right and so going through what you went through at your uh, 29 months there and you come back it's like how do you reconcile now a relationship with your parents it has to be a challenging thing it's extremely challenging and thank you for sharing your story and experience I think there's a lot of people out there now um, who live with that. And I'm so grateful that we're finally in this space where we can start talking about those experiences and it doesn't feel as shameful as it used to. Right. And so um, for myself, after I was released from this program, um, I really tried my hardest um, to integrate back into a normal school, which was like culture shock, you know. Um, and and do all of the things like preparing for college and it all seemed so overwhelming and so now what i know is that i was actually really suffering from um from complex ptsd from my experiences at the facility and so that presented in a way where like i never felt safe i never felt like i could relax i never felt like i could trust anyone um i would go through rapid cycling of very serious depression and anxiety um, and then really high highs where I'm like, I've got this, I'm going to enroll in college and I'm going to, you know, take on the world. And then two days later, I couldn't even get out of bed. And so um, I started self-medicating at that time. And I actually went through um, two different uh, times of experiencing um, home homelessness and um, just, you know, extreme um, poverty as well at the time. And so I experienced so much trauma also after the program. Right that by the time I realized how it was all interconnected, I had a lot more mercy with myself and I had a lot more mercy with my family. Okay. Families are being victimized as well. And systems that are placing young people in these facilities, they don't know mm -hmm. um, because the information's not available. It's not being reported. And where do you go to even look up, is this facility good? Um, it's not there. So, you know, that's part of the issue is we can't blame these families um, necessarily for their part in it because a lot of times what they would need to know is just not available. You know, I'm a father. I am very fortunate. I have very well-behaved children. I know not everyone has that in their life. And I, I want to know for someone that is struggling with a child and they're, they're trying to figure out what's best for their child, what advice can you give to a parent that is struggling, that is looking for help but wants to make sure it's the right kind of help. What would you say, what, what would be the resources they should go to? So one of our largest goals as an organization, so I'm actually the co-CEO of Unsilenced and we are a community of survivors 
um, who have come together to create this nonprofit to create change in this area. And so one of our largest goals is to depathologize adolescence, right? Coming of age is a very difficult time. Right. You are going through extreme hormone changes. You are figuring out, uh, you know, some of the social dynamics uh, in our world that are very challenging for, for young people. And so how can we normalize some of that rebelliousness? How can we normalize kids not being compliant? Um, that's, you know, you're a teenager. You're not supposed to listen to all the rules. You're not supposed to make your bed. <laughs> you're not supposed to, uh, you know, uh, responsibility is a learned skill. And so how can we be more merciful with the young people in our lives? Um, our organization is also currently working on building a database of community-based resources. You know, it, that is where the solution is. We've got to keep kids in their communities. We have got to make sure that we have the resources to respond to what their needs are. So if you are a parent or a young person who is going through this right now, please reach out to us. Um, we would love, love, love to connect with you. You can find us at unsilenced.org um, and all of our social media handles are just at unsilenced underscore now. Um, and, and we would love to connect you with any resources. It's kind of that very difficult balance also because we're always taught to trust the medical professionals that we engage with. And in this instance, um, there's so many pipelines into these programs, whether it is a medical professional or it's an education consultant um, or it's a transport industry that's kind of your first foray into this industry or it's a judge. Um, and so I would just say do your research and that kind of that sounds so so obvious um, but we're still finding parents who are reaching out to us as of yesterday as of last week that are saying my kid just got sent to Provo Canyon School I'm now just learning about all of this I mean it's it's readily available now it's very different than it was back in the 90s when a lot of parents were also placing kids there there's information online um, listen to the survivors read the reviews they're very very telling and what we know it's been very well documented is that the marketing tactics and kind of the deceptiveness of this program has allowed it to flourish for so long but at this point given the platform that caroline's created and that paris has really created you you can't you know you can't not know yeah, I, you know, your podcast was very uh, interesting to me, uh, mainly just being from the African-American community. Uh, we don't hear at all, you know, children being sent off to behavioral schools, not to say that it doesn't exist. It's just something that, you know, financially we're not privy to. Uh, so we, we really go uh, off of what Caroline was saying um, originally, community, right? The community raising up the, the family when the parents, you know, can't. Uh, what's the word? I hate to say manage their children properly because I think that's a horrible way to say it. But I think you guys understand what I'm trying to say. The community steps in, right? And not always necessarily in the healthiest way either, you know, which is why you have so many children that do grow up with a, a strong distrust uh, with adults. So thank you so much, ladies, uh, for your podcast and shedding a light, obviously, on a process that isn't beneficial for children. It can actually be harmful create a secular envi environment. Um, I say that is what I was trying Absolutely. to say. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, Rebecca, you, know, you got into this because you were an impact producer for Paris Hilton's documentary. I'm curious, what, what is Paris's role in this? Like, how, how much of a, a say-so does she have on the day-to-day -day operations of this podcast? She is so heavily involved. Um, and I, I smile just because I feel 
you know, the luckiest in the world to get to work with someone who is so dedicated to this cause. I've truly never seen anything like it. Um, she will drop everything that she has if there's something related to supporting the children in these types of facilities. Um, she tears up every time she hears a new story. Um, so she she's leading this charge. She really is. Um, I work with her daily on everything that we're doing, whether it's policy change in various states or now we're focused obviously on this federal cam campaign called the Accountability for Congregate Care Act. So um, she's heavily involved and she's really, really dedicated to making sure that every child in these facilities are safe, that parents have the resources that they need and that those in power, you know, better understand the choices that they're making and how that can influence youth as we move forward, um, you know, for, for really decades to come. Um, but yeah, she's, she's the inspiration of this podcast and she's actively involved. She did interview a few of our more high profile guests that also went to Provo Canyon School, which you'll hear from a little bit later in the season. Um, and yeah, she's, she's really wonderful. Awesome, love hearing that. Well, we are a podcast recommendation show. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you guys being podcast hosts and producers, are there any podcasts out there that you can recommend? Uh, Caroline, Caroline, can you go first? So I promise this is so unbiased, <laughs> but I have really been listening to This Is Paris, Paris's new podcast. So I promise it's it not a plug. <laughs> Tell me and to say I've been, I've been listening to Trapped in Treatment. It's <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> and Pod Sauce, obviously. Right. And obviously yes. Pod Sauce. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I so I love Pod Save America. Um, we one. have obviously been really in depth with the political process over this last year in trying to reform these institutions. And so that has just given me a little foray. It's kind of like that. Um, I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill. That was like the first thing that I watched when we were getting into this process. Um, and I feel like Pod Saves America gives me like a little bit of a, a little bit of that kind yeah. of special sauce into the process. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Carolyn Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, uh, host of Trapped in Treatment, which is an iHeart podcast. We love it so much. Uh, thank you, ladies and Carolyn. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story and being bold and brave enough uh, to talk about your experience to hopefully open the platform and a safe space for other kids to feel emboldened to speak about theirs. So thank you. Thank you very much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.